The good, the bad, and the ugly. Welcome to the Eat Plants Feel Whole podcast, a program designed to help you harness the healing power of plants and to transform your health. I'm your host, Todd Chobatar, and today we're talking with lifestyle medicine specialist, Dr. George Guthrie, about his book, Eat Plants, Feel Whole. Greetings, Dr. Guthrie. It's a pleasure to be here. Today, Dr. Guthrie, I'm interested to find out about this topic of fats. Uh, when we're talking about looking at a whole food plant-based diet, fats is something that it just has to come up uh, in this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a good way that you can lead us into this? Uh, uh, fats can be kind of a confusing topic. Three basic kind of types that we call the macronutrients, mm-hmm. kind of the, the basic kind of categories of foods or, or nutrition, the, the, large part, <laughs> the larger part of food. Mm-hmm. We've got protein, which is structure, yes. we've talked about. Yeah. We have carbohydrate, which is energy, and we have fats, which are stored energy. And it's interesting that fats actually do more than just store energy, although we think of them that way. Mm-hmm. They're also, they also do some other important things in the body, which we'll actually mention a little later on. Okay. I think the important thing to recognize here when we talk about fats, most people are thinking about calories because they don't like to wear their fat, their fluff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, around the middle, they would like to get rid of that extra stored energy. I know. I certainly would. <laughs> so carbohydrates have about... Um, four calories per gram. Uh-huh. Uh, protein is about the same in a calorimeter, but once it's broken down, it's closer to 3.5, so it's a little bit lower. Uh-huh. And the, uh, uh, the fats are about nine calories per gram. So they're uh-huh. highly concentrated calories, which yeah. is why we call it stored. If you eat a lot of extra, of course, you're more likely to kind of absorb that and, and wear it. Makes me think about a, uh, a quote from uh, Dr. John McDougall, uh, the fat you eat is the fat you wear. There's a lot of truth to that. As I've learned about nutrition, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, years ago, I took a master's degree in nutrition, found it rather fascinating to listen through those classes. You know, there's one on fats, there's one on proteins, and then there's one on carbohydrates. And each one you're learning uh, kind of more and more. Fats are, are dealt with in our body different than the carbohydrates and the protein. Our body prefers carbohydrates to burn. So as we're going about our daily kind of sedentary lives, carbohydrates are generally burned first. And then when we run out of carbohydrates, then we'll start to burn fats. Now, if we're really active and physically active, we'll burn some fats because our muscles are really pretty good at that. But mostly our body prefers to burn carbohydrates. So if you have a mixed meal and your calories are under what you need, it really doesn't matter how much protein or carbohydrate or, or uh, fats there are, the calories will all be used. But when you start to eat more calories than you actually need, the fat ends up getting stored, mm-hmm. which means we're wearing it. So how does that relate? You know, I, it, you hear from time to time about people that have clogged arteries and that fats might play a part in that. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. <clears throat> You're right. There's good fats and there's bad fats. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Framingham study years ago was started by the U.S. government to try to understand about how health of people was affected. And one of the first things they identified, and this is back in the late 1940s, 1950s, they discovered that high cholesterol was associated with 
increased risk of heart attack. Mm. So we all focused on this cholesterol. Now, cholesterol goes with fat. It's more an emulsifier. Mm -hmm. I think of it as a soap. It's not so much a fat itself. It mixes with uh, the fat and helps it get around in a water system. We uh, tried to get the cholesterol out of our diet and soon discovered that just taking cholesterol out didn't solve the problem. It, It tended to be more in the saturated fat. And most Americans have now heard of the problem with saturated fats. Yeah, I've certainly heard a lot about it. Fats are interesting. Physically, they have a linear structure. So you have carbons. In our body, most of them are 18 carbons, although they can be longer and they can be shorter. Mm -hmm. So an 18 carbon chain with hydrogens attached, each uh, carbon has four hands, one with which to hang onto a carbon on either side, and extra ones to hang onto other things. And of course, the fat, that's hydrogen. So when every hand is full, we call that a saturated fat. It's Uh a long, straight fat. And long, straight fats need more cholesterol, more soap to move them around in the body. They tend to stack together and they don't come apart as well. Uh And that's a problem. And that seems to be a problem. At Mm -hmm. least that's a way to explain kind of how this works. We know that the saturated fats tend to cause trouble. Well, interestingly, And you've probably heard the term unsaturated fat. Definitely. An unsaturated fat happens when one of these carbon chains, I like to say, anthropomorphizing here, that a couple of carbons fall in love. Mm -hmm. So they hug each other and let go of the hydrogens, right? Mm -hmm. So when they do that, it's no longer straight. It's now bent. And when it's bent, it doesn't stimulate the detergent, the cholesterol, as much as the long straight ones. So we began to recognize in this country that unsaturated fats are better. So I sometimes, you know, will say, okay, here's a saturated fat, here is an unsaturated fat, and then the polyunsaturated fats tend to have even more uh, kind of the carbons that have fallen in love. More so that's kind of to them. That's the difference uh, in what they are at a kind of molecular level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At a on the table level, you know, where you and I are addressing them, right. we have a different way of looking at them, but it's related to that. For example, if you take a saturated fat and put it on the table, you'll be able to reach out with your knife, cut it, and spread it on your bread. We call it butter. butter. Because sure? it's saturated fat, and at room temperature, it will stand up. Uh-huh. If, on the other hand that saturated fat has one of these unsaturates put into it, it puts a bend in it, and now they won't stand up, it flows down into your, onto your plate, and we would know that as olive oil, right? It's the mm-hmm. monounsaturated. And it has to do with its physical structure. And we know that olive oil is a lot better than the saturated fat, hmm. or the straight fats. Right. And that's because of the way that it behaves once it's inside the body. That's correct. And how it stimulates the cholesterol, which we understand has something to do with the LDL or bad cholesterol particles, which can tend to cause trouble. Certainly, the more saturated fat we eat, the higher our cholesterol, the higher our cholesterol levels, the more likely we are to have a heart attack. And Mm. the more likely the arteries are to be filled up with this kind of glob of fat. So in that case, what if, if I'm eating more of a whole food, mm-hmm. plant-based diet, mm-hmm. how is that benefiting me when it comes to fats? Very good point. 
So plants have fat in them. Some mm -hmm. have more. Uh, people might po uh, point to, for example, coconut. I think coconut oil is kind of a, a fad right now. Avocados, nuts, um, olives, obviously, we've already mentioned. Olives and olive so, oil, So sure. plants have oil, in which they take the carbons from the soil, the nitrogens to make proteins, to make enzymes, to actually make fats or stored energy for us. But plants are also water-based, and so they also have soaps, detergents, not cholesterol, that help the water and the fat move together. So when we take a whole plant, it has the soap or detergent in it, and we don't need to make as much cholesterol. So it's rather interesting when you take move to a plant-based diet, the cholesterol in our body that our body actually makes is decreasing. Animals make cholesterol, plants don't. Ah. You're an animal, I'm yes. an animal, mm -hmm. we make cholesterol. Mm -hmm. We make cholesterol this kind of bad thing, uh, and it's not all bad. Obviously, we make hormones out of it and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Even vitamin D is made out of cholesterol. So I, I wouldn't say it's all bad, but when there's too much of it, especially when it's damaged and in the wrong places, it can cause trouble in our bodies. So when we take it in the plant, it doesn't raise our own cholesterol as much, and we're, we're protected. Now, tell me about, uh, because uh, I've, I've heard that, you know, some fats better than other kinds of mm -hmm. fats, and you've talked about the saturated and, unsa and unsaturated, but I hear a lot about, like, omega-3, omega-6. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about that and how that— Good point. So <clears throat> the omega-3 and omega-6 are a, the type of the— polyunsaturated, mm -hmm. those ones with all those bends. Mm -hmm. And the omega-3 versus omega-6, the only difference is how close is that first kind of pair of carbons to the end, okay? Mm -hmm. So the mm -hmm. omega-3 would do this, and the omega-6 would do this, because mm -hmm. the, the first one is down here. So that's the basic kind of physical difference between them. The interesting thing is both of these, omega-3 and omega-6, are um, unstable. Mm -hmm. So light, Air, time, temperature, all tend to make these things fall apart. Mm -hmm. They're much more stable in the plant than they are being taken out. Oh. When you take them out, for example, if you were to do one of the highest, for example, in, in omega-3 is flax. So Absolutely. if you grind flax that seeds, flax sure. and turn it into flax oil, it will turn rancid or go bad. Uh, rather quickly. It needs to be refrigerated or even better in the freezer, dark bottle because light will actually uh, unstabilize it. So uh, it, it's better for us to get these unsaturated fats where they're already in a protected environment rather than pulling them out. Hence, my encouragement for people to actually use the whole plants in order to get their fats, even their essential fats. Because that's the original packaging and the most stable, I hear you saying, for, to be able to get those important fats in. That is correct. If we pull them out and try to store them, they tend to disintegrate. So that, that is a challenge that we have when we use them refined. Hmm. So fats, bottom line, mm -hmm. I hear you saying, uh, I mean, good, bad, necessary, <laughs> Fats are absolutely necessary for life. I've mentioned earlier, I think in a previous podcast, even lettuce have, has, has a fat, and it's somewhere, you know, around 5 or 10% of mm -hmm. the calories. Mm -hmm. Now, 
lettuce is mostly water and fiber, but, you know, and other nutrients. But fat is always necessary. Cell walls one is, are all made of fat. The little organelles inside the cell. Uh, fat is used as insulation, not just padding insulation mm-hmm. or uh, against the cold, but also electrical insulation in our body. And interestingly, it's used as a very short-acting messenger. Oh. Now, if you want your body, let's say your brain needs to send a message to your big toe, it sends a nerve or impulse, right? Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the big toe. Mm-hmm. If your toe says, get, get me out of here because it's burning, right? <laughs> there, there's a jerk reflex that comes. And those messages go by nerve. If your brain needs to send a message to the whole body mm-hmm. or an organ needs to send a message to the whole body, it sends it, we call it a hormone. Right, so it floats through the blood. It goes to where it's supposed to go. The thyroid hormone, for mm-hmm, example, and sure. says go, 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 or you know, slow down a little bit. So the hormone is that message. But we also have a need for messengers that are very right now. Let's say you're preparing your salad this evening, and that nice sharp knife takes off a tip of your finger. Yikes! Uh, you need that blood to clot. Yes, but you don't want everything to clot. Right? I mean, otherwise death would quickly ensue. Yeah. So it needs to be local. It needs to, the blood vessels need to clamp down. The blood needs to clot. And what we use for that is a fat messenger. These were identified first in the prostate, and they're called prostaglandins. Mm-hmm. They're not just in the prostate. They're everywhere yeah. throughout our body, in blood vessels, out all kinds of places. These are very short-acting, very local kind of reactants, if you will, messengers that get things done quickly and then disintegrate. These are unsaturated fats. These prostaglandins are made from either omega-3 or omega-6 fats Mm -hmm. because they can be made from either one. The factory will take either. It prefers omega-3. In our culture, we take more omega-6. Our ratio should probably be closer to maybe 1 to 6. We're at like 1 to 18, 1 to 20. So we get a lot more omega-6 than is best for us. When we have a lot more omega-6, we get a lot more inflammation. When we get more omega-3, it's much more calming. You're less likely to have a bad event. Now, our body needs some of that omega-6, and it will make it. Mm -hmm. But it won't make too much. There is a system that kind of keeps it from trying to make too much. Interestingly, we can eat this inflammatory omega-6 from animal products. I, the other day, I looked up uh, the, the really bad one for us is something called arachidonic acid. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all, animals, all animals make these same things, the omega-6 and the omega-3. We tend to think fish make omega-3 yeah. and animals make omega-6, but it really more reflects kind of what they're being fed. So we have the same enzyme factories that they do, so we can take plant fats and make them into fish oil or arachidonic acid. This is the bad one. Mm -hmm. So the other day I looked it up in the uh, 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 kind of the government database where they have all the nutrients there. And it was very interesting to me to find that the highest food in arachidonic acid is chicken. 
Really? Now, most people think that's the white meat and that right. is you know, safer and healthier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's very interesting that there's more arachidonic acid in that, which tends to be more inflammatory. And there are at least some scientists who believe that the uh, arachidonic acid may be responsible for the increased inflammation and maybe in autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and other things. It's interesting that as I've helped people make lifestyle changes... They often report that their joint pains tend to go away. There seems to be less inflammation when you can take more of that omega-3 and less of that omega-6. And you would recommend that a good source or the best source to get those omega-3 and Mm -hmm. 6 Mm -hmm. would be? Uh, plants, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, I've, I've mentioned the uh, flaxseed, which probably has more of the omega-3 than anything else in the uh, plant kingdom. Uh, walnuts certainly fall in that category. But the truth is, all the plant fats, even animal fats, are a mixture. Some tend to predominate uh, with uh, monounsaturates. Some predominate with polyunsaturates, omega-3, omega-6. And some have more of the saturated. So they're they're not all exactly the same. They're a mix. So if you move towards plant-based, you tend to have uh, fewer problems. And to be able to get what you need and to reduce some of the problems that come from eating more animal protein. Now, here's an interesting one. Or animal fats, I guess. I I mentioned these prostaglandins. Yes. And how they kind of cause inflammation. Mm -hmm. Those prostaglandins are involved in the birth process, making the uterus contract. They're also involved in menstrual cramps. And I have a friend who actually did a study on this, or tried to do a study on this. He got a bunch of women and randomly assigned them to either standard American diet or the 100% plant-based diet. Mm -hmm. And they were supposed to go a couple, three months on this and and then report on how their menstrual cramps went, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So three months later, the, the plan was in the study that those who were on the plant were to switch to their standard American diet, and those on the standard American diet would just switch to the plant. That way, each is their own control. Mm-hmm. He couldn't get the people on the plant-based diet to switch back to their standard American diet because their menstrual cramps had pretty much gone away. And they said, I don't want that anymore. Wow. <laughs> A plant-based diet can have an incredible effect on decreasing the inflammatory load in your body just because of uh, the prostaglandins, the improvement mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. omega-3. So benefits across a number of different areas Mm -hmm. when you switch to that kind of diet and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Very good. Now, Dr. Guthrie, you offer as part of your book some free bonus Mm -hmm. downloads Mm -hmm. that people can have access to. And one of them, speaking about different ways Mm -hmm. to be able to get healthy Mm -hmm. fats, um, is uh, a recipe rotation plan mm-hmm. uh, that people can get if they go to eatplantsfeelwhole.com. And this uh, recipe rotation kind of takes people through a process of trying to substitute some of the more unhealthy recipes, maybe mm-hmm. some that would fit more of the standard American uh, uh, diet category, mm-hmm. and switch to some healthier options. And you give some recipes in the book and mm-hmm. some other suggestions and so forth. But this recipe rotation, uh, tell me just a little bit about that, because I think folks would find that fascinating to get that in their hands. Well, people who have focused on more animal product-based eating Mm -hmm. often have a hard time even thinking in their imagination what it might be. It just sounds like a terrible sort of place to go. And having a set of recipes that are plant-based that you can follow, discover that the tastes and the textures are even 
more varied than the animal uh, kind of based cooking, I think is a great opportunity. It just makes it easier for people to discover how good plant-based eating can be. So they can get that. My new recipe rotation is available by going to eatplantsfeelwhole.com. All right. Dr. Guthrie, thank you so much for sharing with us today. You've been listening to the Eat Plants Feel Whole podcast, a limited edition 15-part series where our goal is to help you to harness the healing power of plants and to transform your health. If you'd like to find out more about Dr. Guthrie's work, please go to eatplantsfeelwhole.com. And if you would like to get other great resources that can help you to feel whole in mind, body, and spirit, go to adventhealthpress.com. And while you're there, sign up for our free newsletter where you'll get healthy living tips, leadership wisdom, and also some free giveaways. I've been your host, Todd Chobatar. Thank you for joining us today. 